Hello and welcome back to the Spook House. It is time for our Exorcist episode again. <laughs> I'm Phil. Yet again. This is my co-host Doug, the future mayor of Long Island, Galliardo. Take that title away from me. I do not want to be on Long Island forever. Please, for the love of God. Hey, when I was up there and we were going to all these different places, everywhere we went, they were like, hey, Doug, how you doing? I'm like, do you, do you know everybody in Huntington? It's only because I don't have a car and I walk everywhere and it's only within a mile radius. Well, but I, I was I, I loved it because when I was crossing the street and like just gunning for it, you were like, wait. Wait, please hold my hand. Uh, no, because you trust people way too much. Like, well, if you walk across the street, they'll no. stop. You know how many people text and drive? I'm like, no, I'm not just, hey, I'm walking here. No, fuck that. <laughs> I'm waiting until I get That's across. That's New walk. York lifestyle, baby. I guess. Dude, that You go into the city, people are doing that. Well, you can't do that in California. Yeah, you kind of attempted that at one point, And I was <laughs> like, dude, what are you doing? <laughs> oh, it's like crossing over like a like the Atlantic Ocean. It's too long. Speaking of Long Island, um, I heard something about like cops are having a big fentanyl problem out there. Uh, yeah, fentanyl has been yeah they're on the rise for a couple years over yeah, here. Yeah, they're having trouble fitting all those donuts in their mouth. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I was totally caught off guard. How long how long were you holding on to that fucking hole in the wall pun? After you left LA, me and John were out to dinner and he totally got me with that and I nearly choked all my food. I was like he was like, Yeah, man, there's a big fentanyl problem. I was like, God, yeah, that's terrible. And he said that, dude, I nearly died. No, you you hit him with the serious nature first, and then you come up with the uppercut. Yeah, there, there you go. <laughs> that was good. I was like, yeah, it's a really horrible problem. So many people have died from it. <laughs> yeah, not to make I light. Thought, I thought you were about to break out a podium and do like a <laughs> slam poetry speech. <laughs> oh, shit. We can do slam poetry about the exorcist. Yeah, I would love to do a lot of slamming, and it's the script on the table into a pit uh, of fire. Well, you're the freestyler, so I'll leave that up to you. <laughs> Only nonsense, Yeah, not though. to make light of uh, fentanyl, but hey, you know, you see an opportunity, you got to take it. Fentanyl, get bentanol. Hey. That, that should be a dare campaign. Exorcist. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's loading up. He has something. We need less of this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you doing the Dave Chappelle? <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Okay, I don't remember what he said. Um, <laughs> yeah, we are gonna. Well, we recorded this episode a few days ago, and one hundred percent my fault. I mean, this is every podcaster's worst nightmare. You forget to press a little button, and the whole recording is lost. And if you could have been a fly on the wall. When I realized that the entire episode was lost, I I was like, oh my God, I I can't believe this happened. It's only happened like a couple of times, but. Yeah, it, it happened. Uh, I don't even remember the last time it happened. I remember we were we recorded in the morning. It was like 8 a.m. Yeah. Uh, with the with the re-recorded one. I think it was Scream 6. Yeah, I think so. Something happened. I don't know, but 
Yeah, it always sucks when that happened, but it was 100% my fault. I hated to call Doug and be like, hey, buddy, how you doing? Uh, I got I mean, some news. <laughs> You're like, oh, shit, it's the bad news? I was like, yep. <laughs> you had to be nervous for a second. I thought it was like a serious God, emergency. I just hated to make that phone call and be like, hey, you know that episode that we both felt really good about after <laughs> recording yesterday? Yeah, it's gone. It's completely gone. Yeah, there was no way to salvage it, and fortunately, even like the StreamYard audio was was damaged, and unfortunately, well, it doesn't matter because we're going to talk about the same shit here, and it's going to be just as good, so yeah, whatever. And if uh, if you hear some tip-tapping around, I am dog-sitting for an old co-host of the Spook House, Scout, the fluffy- He's still a co-host in spirit. Fluffy, cute border collie here. It's my ex-girlfriend's dog, but I am dog-sitting for her. So she brought him over earlier. So if you hear some tip-tapping, he might get a little frisky. You want to play. So it's just Scout saying hello. Everyone will be excited to see him if they're watching on, on the YouTube. And right now he's getting some, some back screeches. <laughs> I would love to rub um, that belly. So yeah, we're going to talk about The Exorcist. Again, we have talked about this movie more than we've watched it. Yeah, pretty much. I was um I was going to go see it a second time just to like, you know, be a snobby film critic and take some notes, but I pretty much have everything that I want to say in my head already from the last time. But yeah, it's not one of those movies where like, I don't know, I think everything deserves a second shot. This one I don't really care about <laughs> to, to see so again. So we're it's somewhat divisive here. I mean, you flat out hate this movie, like a lot of people. I, on the other hand, while it's not amazing, it definitely didn't blow me away. I don't think it's as bad as people want it to be. I mean... No, I, I, I agree with you in that respect, where in the grand scheme of things, it's not a like a complete laughable shit show. Yeah. Like, uh... I don't know. Halloween ends, I feel like, took the took the cake with that. But this is just, it suffers the most, like, the worst thing that a movie could be, and that's bland and boring. It's got no flavor. It's got no spice. Hmm. And there's really no, I was watching it, and I was, you know, just like you, we both went in with an open mind. As much as we were shitting on it, we don't want movies to be terrible. But the whole time, I was like, why was this movie made? There's no reason for it. Because all it has is the exorcist name on it. If you strip that away, it's just another forgotten, like, streaming movie. Do you think if if this weren't the exorcist and they didn't get um, Ellen Burstyn Ellen back and Linda Blair for a second and there were no expectations to the exorcist, do you think this would have been, like, people wouldn't have been so harsh on it? See, I don't know, because a lot of people got to take into account that a lot of people do have different tastes, and a lot of those, like, streaming movies, like the Shutter Originals, a lot of people are into them, and if this was, like, a Shutter Original, it would probably garner some sort of fan base, but it wouldn't be spoken about in high regards just because, it, like, this just has the Exorcist name, and obviously it got so much hype because of that, but it's literally just your it's your paint by numbers possession story. 
Just with two girls being possessed. Whoop-dee-doo, Basil. Whoop-dee-doo, Basil. What does this all mean? (laughs) That's what I want. I want to strangle David, David, uh, what the fuck's his name? David Gordon Green and be like, what does it all mean? Why? Uh, I'll tell you what it means. They sat him down and they said, hey, we got an idea. Uh, We just bought these rights for 400 million and we want to do a trilogy and we want you to direct it because the Halloween series was a big success. And you can't, sometimes you can't repeat success. And this movie really didn't do that well at the box office. I mean, they projected 35 million and it made like 26. So I did read today that worldwide it has now grossed 104 million, which okay. isn't that out of a budget that's 400 million. Well, they paid the, for the rights. It was 400 million. Yes, I'm not really sure how the economics of all that break down. Like when you go into the cost to make the movie, advertising, all of that. Um, Also, when you think about when they sell it for streaming rights and physical releases, I don't know how all of that works out, but they have two more of these to fulfill and they have to make 300 million. After a lackluster first movie, I don't see that happening. Not with this word of mouth getting out. I feel like a lot of people will still be intrigued. I mean, there's a lot of people that that did enjoy this movie and didn't think it was that bad. And congratulations to them. Because as we always say, like what you like, hate what you hate. That's like seems to be the catchphrase of, of, of the podcast. But well, um. Yeah, I mean, it just, with The Exorcist and the way it was uh, perceived, sorry, or Exorcist believed, whatever, believer, Exorcist muscle relaxers, as I like to call it. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't, I think, I think David Gordon Green is not within the good graces of, of humanity right now. I don't think, unless they do a complete revamp, but you don't, you're not a huge fan of Possession. I'm, movies I'm at all. not a huge fan. P- God damn possession it. <laughs> movies, not my favorite genre. <laughs> no, Insidious, I loved. I love Insidious. I loved all the Insidious movies. Possession, not so much. Pazuzu, terrible guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was possessed once and I beat it. This is bad. Uh, <laughs> I like being peed on. Why are we doing what? this? <laughs> <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? Huh? Hey, before we kind of get into the nitty gritty of the exorcist and now it's time for our sponsor no hey sponsored by marlboro cigarettes david gordon green's dildo hey why are you wearing a what's that a marble marl i can't say the yeah, fucking Mar- marley and me bro <laughs> <laughs> yes i skinned uh i skinned the border collie that they have and i made this fresh fleece no, hey, I, no i'm kidding don't say that in front of scout you son of a sorry bitch. scout i love you <laughs> You son of a bitch. Uh, no, I, my dad used to like have like Marlboro merch, like back in the day. Like I slept in a Marlboro, uh, sleeping bag, like the red and yellow one. And I, I just, I've been fucking with the fleeces for a while and I eBayed this and it's very comfy. I can't talk either. Hey. It's very comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. There was too much spit in my mouth right there. Oh, like back in the day when, uh, every pack of cigarettes you smoked, there was 
a point or something you could tr- kind of like pepsi points back in the day yeah it was like uh like you know honey nut cheerios for adults take off the box top send it in and you get like a cool like like a cooler or like a fleece or shirt yeah i feel like companies don't do that anymore no not at all and this is reversible it's flannel underneath hey look at that i could blend in with my comforter over here <laughs> the flannel man coming 2025 I'm sure that'll be something on the docket. Well, we do. We're not going to talk about the flannel man, but there is some news <laughs> in the Halloween world. Yes. Um, yes, there is. The rights have been sold to Miramax, not Miralax, as <laughs> after the last episode, after we were done recording, Doug was like, yeah, I'm glad we talked about, you know, like Miralax buying the Halloween rights. <laughs> Halloween Miralax. That's what it's. That's what it's going to be if they keep on liquidating the shit out of it. Oh, you'll shit six times. (laughs) (laughs) This diarrhea around his ankles. (laughs) What'd you say? You don't know what flatulence is. You you don't know what flatulence is. (laughs) I shit my brains to death tonight. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know where your pants are. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, what's next is Pepsi AC. You gonna buy the Hellraiser franchise? <laughs> <laughs> Get in hell, Hellraiser! <laughs> All right, so <laughs> can you imagine Freddy Krueger walking down the the dim, dark alleyway to the Home Depot theme song? That would be fire. Oh. That beat slaps. It's on Spotify. Somebody made like a a loop of it, so it's like just three hours long. It's great. Yeah. That'll, that'll get anyone in the mood to do manual labor or uh, murder a prostitute. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, go to Home Depot, get some two by fours, build your own coffin. Anyway, what? So the rights <laughs> to Halloween have been sold to Miramax. And I thought you were going to say it. Uh, to Miralax. And, um,. <laughs> There's not a ton of news about it, but they're talking about a multiverse and talking about a movie, a TV series. So, Doug, what are your initial thoughts on this? I mean, it's kind of hard. It's hard to say because the Halloween franchise has grown a little tired over the years, um, at least with this new trilogy. You know, I just think they need to if they need to go in a completely different direction like don't set it 40 years later from the original make something completely brand new like i feel like if they're making like a tv series out of it they need to do and i've heard like we discussed this and a couple other people that we've spoken to discuss this uh they need to do like a or what would be ideal and fresh would be to go the season of the witch route and do like a whole anthology series set in the universe because they're doing like a whole multiverse of Haddonfield type of deal, which strikes me as a little strange. Save that shit for Marvel, all of that yeah. kind of stuff. And Marvel is in my bad graces right now. Uh, What's that? But well, the last couple of movies have just failed to deliver on any type of run. They tur- they're totally leaning into the comedy and like taking the stakes away from it. Uh, I don't see why you would need a multiverse in Haddonfield. You don't. Like, what are they going to... Are there going to be multiple serial killers running around? I don't know what their idea is. 
But it's cool to have the idea of Season of the Witch and then do a bunch of other stuff set in, like, the universe, but don't make it, like, all connected. That just sounds messy for the for a slasher type of thing. Yeah. And if they're going to do, do a, if they're going to do another movie, like my ideal scenario would be, I don't know, like a, a trick or treat style or creep show or whatever anthology type of movie. Call it Haddonfield. Three stories that take place in the town that are all connected. You could do one with the Halloween three storyline. Maybe have one, of course, about Michael and maybe the other about like another patient of Dr. Loomis or something involving Loomis that ties it all together. So I that would be I, the Loomis idea is really, really good. It's kind of like, you know, if they're if they want to take these things more seriously and it seems like character studies are the, are the way to go now. It seems like people, at least in the indie horror world, it's like more character driven. It's story driven. And then you have the terror in the background but it's like a dreadful looming feeling they could do that with like a dr loomis story and like uh, i think we discussed before uh like his other patients or something like that like that was one of your ideas i think that would be pretty interesting to to tackle just because we never seen it before give us something like fresh and new and halloween 3 season of the witch is a very it's like a cult classic now Mm -hmm. and it, it, it it's wild to believe that like I don't know, just because back in the day, people were so hell-bent on Michael Myers being in something that they automatically hated it. And it's actually, like, if you take Halloween out of the title, you'd have a new and fresh story. Well, they screwed up with the, well, for one, the timing of it. You can't have the third entry not have Michael. It's called Halloween 3. It was just... I mean, if you want to go that route, do it where Halloween 2 started, like not have. Yeah. Or just call it. I mean, look, even Tommy Lee Wallace said back in the day, look, we should have just called it something else and it would have found its audience. But but you know what? I love that it's called Halloween and has Halloween in front of it because it does feel like a Halloween film. Obviously, you have the same cooks in the kitchen with Tommy Lee Wallace and. You know, Alan Howarth doing the score and character, you know, John Carpenter is involved like a little bit. It's like characters are based on John Carpenter's work or something like that. Um, I thought he God. might have not been involved at all with that with Halloween season of the witch. I'm about to sound like such a poser, but look, Halloween <laughs> three is not my forte. Like I'm recent. I've recently started coming around to it. I do like the movie. I like it more every time I watch it, but. I don't know the ins and outs. And you bought that Tom Atkins figure. Sure did. Front front and center. You were ready. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, like I said, man, I'm willing to admit, like, for many years growing up, Halloween 3 wasn't this celebrated thing. And I I bought into the negativity, like, oh, it doesn't even have Michael Myers. It's bullshit. I'm not even going to waste my time with that. Like, I was ignorant, fell into that way of thinking. And I, every time I rewatch it, I'm like, shit, I really do like this. So, and I'm, 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 you're a, you're a score guy. The score for that movie is incredible. Yeah, it's good. Okay. 
yeah, Halloween 3 has all these cult fans, but... Alright, so Miramax just paid, I'm guessing, a shit ton of money for these rights. So, step into my office, Doug. Yeah, have a... Light <laughs> up a cigar. Make yourself comfy. Look, Give me that black and mild with the wood tip. Look, we just paid a lot of money for these rights. The kids want to see Michael Myers. They're not going to risk all that money just to appease the cult fans of Halloween 3. Hey, even They're if gonna- Michael Myers pops up in a couple of episodes, that's cool. He could He's still obviously a huge figure. So huge. Um... God damn it again. <laughs> it's okay. You can pick on me too. <laughs> I need to think of another adjective <laughs> that I can actually enunciate. Um, and look, I'm not opposed to Michael Myers being the front and center story. I mean, a lot of people were, when Halloween Ends came out, they were like, oh, you're just mad because Michael Myers isn't in it. It's like, yeah. Call me fucking stupid, but I like to see Michael Myers in my <laughs> Halloween movies, especially when it's part three of a trilogy. Not- and you're supposed to have this final battle and a whole showdown. Yeah. every I mean, everything with Halloween ends and Halloween, like the bridge, there was no bridge from Halloween kills to Halloween ends. And I think that's just the case of not having, again, seasoned writers. Yeah. These people have not proven themselves yet. With a solid project and, you know, between the Racka Racka Brothers with Talk To Me and Zach Krieger and Barbarian and Damien Leone, they've proven that they could make a great horror movie that's new and interesting and that's not just fucking tired. Like, I never, I, I never have rolled my eyes and like went, ugh, going to see... Something new. Terrifier, Barbarian, or Talk to Me. Every every Halloween movie that has came that's come out in the last the last trilogy, I was like, ugh. Like I I know it's like hard to say because, you know, I love Michael Myers as well, and so do you, but like the story just they don't seem like they care about the story. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, or scared. I, I think all of this is just five years too soon. We were just bombarded with three Halloween movies over the course of five, six years. You know, if you follow all the updates and all of that type of stuff. I mean, it's just too much. Even as a hardcore fan of the series, it's like, yeah, can we miss the franchise for a little bit? Take it down a notch. Yeah, like just go. Go chill. Like, but I, I, I like the fact, you know, it's nice to know that it has a home. Kind of a bummer that A24 didn't pick it up because that would have been even more exciting just because of, you know, filmmakers that they're known to work with and stuff like that. Just yeah. a lot of interesting voices. And when we met Malik Akkad at age 45, yes. we didn't talk about this, but he was walking around the floor of the convention and... We got to talk to him for a little bit, and I was like, "I was like, what's up with these uh, A twenty four rumors, man? I hope that's true. Like, come on, A twenty four, get Ty West to direct." And he kind of looked. Hey, you mentioned Ty West, he, and he was like, "Kind of looked at me." He gave like, a look at. He like looked at us like, "Huh? 
Like he he knew what we were he knew what we were talking about, and he he knew it seemed like his uh you know his lights were flickering up there that he was yeah he was being very coy almost like yeah well you'll just have to wait and see but wink wink that's kind of what we're doing and I'll I mean maybe not maybe that was just wishful <laughs> thinking but maybe yeah Malik was, I mean it uh, doesn't mean that. Cool. Yeah, he was he was very awesome to. We had like our own personal like Q and A with him. We were at like the Texas Chainsaw Man, the only Texas Chainsaw Massacre full booth at this convention. And I turn around, I'm like, oh shit, hey, Malika Khan's right there. And we just started walking and talking with him for like two, three minutes. He threw some shade at you for wearing that Hellraiser shirt. He did. <laughs> I was I was trying to not be the guy to wear the Halloween shirt at the Halloween convention, but everyone uh, was doing it anyway. You gotta be all different and unique. I'm not wearing a Halloween <laughs> shirt. <laughs> I had my I had my John Carpenter hoodie on. That was good enough. What did he say to you? I forgot. I was just kind of mind blown that we were having a full on conversation with him. Didn't he say something like, "Hey, I don't. That's not my franchise. You got to change that shirt uh, yeah, or yeah. something like that." Yeah. Yeah. You gotta change it. I was like, I'm oh, sorry. I got a hoodie. I told him I had this hoodie. <laughs> but, I mean, it seems like he wants the franchise to go in a, you know, a different direction. Obviously, that's his job to get people excited about Halloween. He owns it. Uh, his dad presented all those movies. Uh, yeah, he's very passionate about the franchise. And he's, I don't think he's going to just turn over the rights to somebody and not be involved and make sure it's not complete shit. Yeah. I mean, I, and Ty West is not out of the question. I mean, he could hey. still get hired to direct a Halloween movie by Miramax. Yeah. It would be nice. <laughs> yeah. Like a Halloween movie in the, the style of X or something. Jesus. Yeah. Just might as well be just John Carpenter. Because you could tell, like, his, his inspiration, like, Ty West is definitely inspired by John Carpenter to some degree. And, like, Toby Hooper, like, all his inspirations kind of just glow through his movies. Yeah, so we'll just have to wait and see what they do with Halloween. But, I mean, is it too soon? Yes. Will I be super fucking stoked to see what happens? Absolutely. But they just still need to wait a little while. Yeah, I agree. They they announced this. They announced that Rearmax bought it. They have it. Take your time. Yeah. Everything doesn't need to be get it, get it, get it, get it. Do it now. It's like you said, let us miss it a little bit. We don't need constant. We don't need to be constantly bombarded with news of Halloween. Like, let us. Yeah, we don't need it before October of 2024. Like, that's way too soon. Take your time. Yeah. And it kind of, it really sucks with this, I mean, this culture of, like, the I want it now type of culture. And, like, back in the day, it wasn't like that. You would watch a trailer on the TV and be like, oh, shit. Didn't even know about this. This movie's coming out. But now people are, which is, I think, completely disrespectful, going on to the sets of these movies, leaking pictures, going on Twitter and uh, talking about, like, what they saw. It's like, just let people be surprised. Like, it's just not fun. It's more fun to go in the theater and be surprised. Trailers are fine. Yeah. Even though they're like eight minutes long and they're like a short film. But like, they give us a taste and then that's it. Everyone wants to know everything now. Yeah. 
did I, this was before you joined the show, but did you know that, um, the first image from Halloween kills of Michael Myers that I released it? No, I had really, no, I had zero idea. So they shot that in Wilmington. piece of garbage. Uh, well, okay. So they, (laughs) so they shot that in Wilmington, North Carolina. Um, a friend of mine lives in Wilmington and she texts me one day and she's like, Hey, do you, you still watch the Halloween movies? Right. And I was like, yeah. She's <laughs> like, they're shooting the new one across from my house. And she like, that's wild. And I was like, what? I, I mean, we were doing the podcast at the time very early on. I think it was like not even six months after we started. And she sending me these videos of them shooting at night and she sends me pictures of James Jude Courtney as Michael Myers standing out in the street. <laughs> and I'm like, Holy shit. So I, I mean, where did you post it? You post it on like Instagram or something yeah, or to Instagram. And it got like, I wonder if I could go back and find it and see. Yeah. I mean, it got, it was getting, passed around everywhere but the first that would have been pretty wild if like publications were like picking up like mentioned like variety or something or IndieWire was like well, it wasn't like that but it was definitely getting passed around instagram youtube videos and i felt i don't know i i mean i do feel kind of bad about it <clears throat> but at the time i was just excited as shit like yeah. hey i just started this <laughs> podcast what are the odds that i have a friend that lives on the same street that they're shooting halloween kills and i mean with michael my i mean any movie called halloween halloween kills you know michael myers in it so i guess it's not much of a spoiler in that case if you were like spoiling major scenes or anyone that does that i think is disrespectful yeah i don't know i I'm sure, well, they were Ryan Turtek, or I think that's how you say his last name. Like he Ryan me- Turok. He messaged me on Instagram. Did he really? Yeah, he was like, from one Halloween fan to another, you're really making my job pretty difficult. And, Dude, you got to find that message. And I, I felt really fucking bad. <laughs> I, I didn't even write back to him. I... <laughs> you got bitched out by one of the producers of Blumhouse. But I mean, within a few days, other people were sharing stuff and that's how quick the word gets around now. It's not like, you know, just word of mouth when you hear rumors like in the 90s or 80s. Yeah, but you literally be there, post something and bam. But yeah, after that, I I did kind of feel bad because I'm like, man, people are working really hard on this and they don't want that shit to get leaked out. And I I just got (laughs) excited and I was like, hey. First set of Michael, first shot of Michael Myers from Halloween Kills. He's like, "What the fuck is this kid?" <laughs> so, anyways, um, well, we'll just have to see what happens. I I don't want to hear any news for like six months or a year. Just great, you sold the rights. Just sit on them. Let for it a rest while. for a minute. Yeah, definitely don't bring back Laurie Strode in any sort of way. I mean, Jamie Lee Curtis said like, she's done with everything Halloween, but... And honestly, we don't need to see Jamie Lee Curtis no. in a Halloween movie anymore. We, we've had enough... There's been enough movies with Jamie Lee Curtis, 
and Michael Myers uh, and Halloween. It's just been all been. It's just the spinning their wheels. Let's do some new stuff. Yeah, no disrespect to her. I mean, but that storyline is just done to death at this point. She she gave us her time. She was in a lot of the movies and cared a lot about the franchise. Not at age forty five. Not not now. <laughs> Would it have killed you to show up, Jamie, just for a little bit? <laughs> you live in L.A., lady. You could have flagged an Uber. I mean, when John Carpenter was doing his panel and everybody from Halloween was coming out, <clears throat> I was like, maybe she's nah. gonna do a surprise. Nah. Like, oh my God, Jamie Lee Curtis. She just. It seems like she just doesn't care. Well, about it. she's given she's given enough, so like it, I, it's understandable. Maybe she it, had some legitimate reasons for not doing it, but maybe she could have been filming. She could have been doing something. But I, it's we met John Carpenter, so I don't give a shit about anything else. <laughs> yeah, and if you ask me, I mean, if if you were to say, hey, would you rather meet John Carpenter or Jamie Lee Curtis? John Carpenter all fucking day. I mean, I'm a fan of Jamie Lee Curtis, but John Carpenter is yeah one of my favorite directors, and he's made so many movies that I am completely obsessed with. So I'll tend to agree with you there. Staring at that picture right now. I got it framed right beside Yeah, you. baby. <laughs> I stare at it all the time when I'm at work. It's the, the best picture in the entire universe in my eyes. Um, Well, Doug... I guess we should kind of dig in a little more to The Exorcist. To be honest, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of tired of talking about this movie, but <laughs> I'm tired of thinking about it. But let's get into it. Let's dig up this fucking corpse. All right. So let let as you're not a fan of possession movies, really. That's not really your. I mean, uh, when it's done right and there's a different take on it. Um, like we both love. The taking of Deborah Logan. That I watched it recently, and that movie was pure brilliance. Yeah, found footage style possession movie. It's um starts out as like, oh, this old lady has Alzheimer's, so we're gonna document the progression of the disease, but <clears throat> turns out like, oh, maybe it's something else, and it turns out to be this form of possession, but really unique. Really well done. And I mean, Talk to Me is kind of a possession movie or definitely. Yeah, that's possession. It's a drama disguised as a possession movie. And When Evil Lurks, also a possession movie, but also a different take on it. And holy shit, I can't wait for you to watch it. Uh, it comes out Friday, right? Yeah, I, unfortunately, Shutter. no theater is is playing it. Uh, I wish it was because you told you texted me after that movie. And I don't think I've ever I think the last time I heard you that excited about a movie was not even. Ta- I mean, you were pumped about talk to me, but yeah. you were like, holy shit. Like this movie was insane and intense. Asked, and uh, brutal. Your girlfriend was still thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, I looked over at one point and she had tears in her eyes and she was just looking at me and not at the screen. <laughs> and I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> like yeah this but you finally saw a good movie together you've been taking yeah. her to see piles of shit for <laughs> for months and months yeah that was a really good take on possession um but as far as that's like that's why i'm surprised that you didn't think this movie was that bad because it is so 
paint by numbers and so bland and, and the dialogue is just incoherent is just it's just so i don't know boring. i think from a pure acting standpoint across the board i saw no issues with anybody really i thought the lead uh what was his name leslie odom jr who was in hamilton i mean he yeah i thought he was a really great. good performance i bought the performance with him and his daughter i thought that was fleshed out pretty well there was no character building for the other girl <laughs> No, none whatsoever. Yeah. They completely sidelined her. And honestly, you didn't even need the other possessed girl because no. I, I I will say the positive in my eyes about the movie are the performances. And I completely bought Leslie Odom Jr.'s uh, chemistry with uh, his daughter. I forgot her name. Angela. Um, Angela. Their chemistry was great. The way they bounced off of each other and him trying to be like the goofy funny dad and also like taking his job seriously obviously they've come from a broken home and that was all cool that that Mm -hmm. i had no issues with the performance they and they were working with what they had but on a from a dialogue standpoint it's just they're just it's they're barely scratching the surface there's just no depth and no layering to the story that they have a lot of room to play. It was just very, but the other kid, they were, I feel like they were the best too, acting wise. Uh-huh. And the other characters were just so just like broad, like the, the husband of the, other uh, the, the dad of the other girl mm-hmm. where at the end where they're all shouting, like, uh, uh, excerpts from their own religion. And he's like, I choose you Pikachu. It's like, what are you <laughs> doing? It's like, yeah, it's like what is happening here? Like Captain Planet or something? They all got to like, come water, together. Water, fire, <laughs> Pazuzu. I love how that was like the missing piece. Like, oh, we need a Catholic in here. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Take a break like from covering up all that child abuse and get in here. <laughs> oh, and every like everyone's just like walking in like the priest is just randomly walking in he comes in like fucking kramer and seinfeld just slides in he's like oh i changed my mind hang on and it's like it's just a lot all at once and like i felt like the there was never again you call this an exorcist movie you're already operating from the bottom because you're just digging yourself out of that hole that this master class already set in the 70s that's not their fault. They did that to themselves. Uh, where was I going with this? What were we just talking about? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had a point. That's how Doug's brain works. <laughs> just ramble and ramble. And then, oh, yeah, there's a point. Um, yeah, I, I forgot, but <laughs> oh, it's all good. It'll, it'll come back to me. But yeah, when that priest came in, it was kind of like when they do the countdown for the Royal Rumble. It's like, five, <laughs> four, and all the wrestlers stop. And you hear his fucking theme song come in? Yeah. I'm just a priesty boy. <laughs> I'm just a sexy boy. Sexy boy. I make the church sweat. <laughs> <laughs> I bite the demons. But oh yeah, that's right. Um, I have a cross. <laughs> And the holy water too. I got the moves <laughs> to cream the demons. <laughs> cream the demons. <laughs> That's what this movie should have been called. Demon cream. <laughs> uh, but no. Um. 
like in the in the so the original exorcist you just felt like the heaviness and the weight of the whole situation of this young girl being possessed and they were trying to do everything they can to help this little girl and it was terrifying to watch because of the implication the implication of what was happening to her like like it's not super it's not a super gory movie uh it was just unsettling yeah to watch this like family completely break down and that got kind of all sucked out in the exorcist believer there's like no like ellen burston goes to the demon and she's like i know who you are but like who how does she like pazuzu didn't like call himself out in this movie like how does she know <laughs> yeah i mean like they really added no layering or like the demon really was just one note if you want to call it that uh really had no stakes to it it felt like yeah i mean why bring her back in the first place there's it's just pointless and to gouge out both of her eyeballs for like shock value i guess yeah and it added nothing to the story it literally added nothing now she's spends the rest of the movie looking like a giant mosquito with those things <laughs> over her fucking eyes fucking she's it's slip it's a slipknot song she's eyeless <laughs> no they should have can't see california without marlon brando's eyes huh ellen <laughs> push my fingers into my- <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> they have a lot of uh eye songs eye related songs <laughs> that's true <laughs> david gordon green and scott teams must have been listening to slipknot um and are they gonna bring her back for the next two movies probably and make poor ellen burson sit her ass in a makeup chair for three hours every morning I, it's like come on they should have just see if they're gonna use any cgi do it on her eyeballs because she's like 90 she needs to see um but yeah, like, and I know you're not a big fan of The Exorcist in general. Originally, uh, that's like not your thing. So, I, I've never been that crazy about it. And I rewatched it like about a week ago. Full attention watch, lights out, no distractions, like, hit me with it. <laughs> Do it to it, Lars. And- <laughs> well, I'll be doing this by Labor Day, Pazuzu. <laughs> 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 uh, <laughs> skinny demons sorry and your dear old uncle tony (laughs) um but yeah i mean look it's a it's a well-made drama i mean acting directing has good atmosphere and a sense of dread and uneasiness but as far as scare wise it does nothing for me like just flatline I mean, it's there's some unsettling moments, but for a movie where it's repeated over and over, the scariest movie of all time, I'm like, it's the scariest movie for 1973. Yeah. If I was 12 and I saw that in 73 for the first time, I'm sure it would have terrified me because it's a shocking movie for that time to see a young girl possessed and with the demon eyes spitting up vomit in a priest's face and saying yeah. all that stuff it's a shocking thing for 1973 when but, i watch but, it now it's just kind of borderline funny in a way like i mean it's it's 
comical in a way where you watch it a lot of times and you know it's coming, right? Like, I feel like a lot of movies loses its kind of scare value after you've seen it a bump, you know, right. twice, three times. And you never, how many times have you seen The Exorcist? Like a couple times? Maybe, maybe three. Not even five? I mean, when okay. I was rewatching it the other night, it was pretty much like a first watch. I mean, I don't, okay. I don't know it front and back like, you know, Halloween or something like that. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. It does nothing for me at all. I, I don't get it, but I'm not saying it's not a, a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. But no, I, I don't, I don't think you, you would completely bash it because there's really nothing to, no, certainly not to, to hate on it about. It's just like, and, and possession again, isn't your like favorite well, if it's type of horror, I think religious possession movies, that's where I, I stumble with them. That it just like, oh, there's a demon in her. It's like, OK. And the, I, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh, there's a de- like, how many times can you do that? Right. It's but just for done to death at this point. And the, but the exorcist, though, was the original. That was the creator. I mean, every possession movie is i feel like is really on the heels of the exorcist yeah because it set the tropes that is the trope <laughs> that movie is not like uh, it invented wh- how a possession movie should be handled obviously with going back to take the taking of deborah logan that was an interesting angle in mm-hmm. to do a possession movie on through alzheimer's and like everyone else thought that she was actually sick and wouldn't you know she's really possessed? That's something new. And uh, The Exorcist really set the tone for, I mean, it is, it is. I think it's, I think it holds up. Like if you show someone today The Exorcist for the first time, I feel like for the most part, people would be genuinely scared. Um, obviously, your experience is different. Uh, I would love to pull this. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is 50 years ago. I wish I could hop in a time machine and go back and watch it then. Cause I'm sure it would be more yeah, shocking and effective, but it's just, we've no. seen too many movies now. If we watched that for the first time, we probably wouldn't be terrified really. Yeah. But I mean, even when I watched it, when I was like 12 or 13 for the first time, it, for some no, reason, it didn't make you like jump out of your seat or anything. No. I, okay. I, I I don't know. I'm, it's just it's your chemical makeup, baby. Yeah, That's who you hey, are. If uh, and again, I'm not throwing shade at the movie or the people that love it. I I see why it's so celebrated, but so I went into the believer, kind of like a low stakes watch. I was like, okay, I I doubt this is going to be good. I doubt I'm going to love it just for the subject matter and who's directing it. But I was like, you know what? I don't care about any of that. The reviews are terrible. (laughs) I have my qualms with David Gordon green and possession movies in general, but let me just watch this and see what I think about it. And I was expecting a total shit show and I kept waiting for it to happen, but it never really did. It just sort of stayed in the middle. Like, ah, this is fine. It's not, Certainly not amazing, but not a dumpster fire that I was expecting or it could have went horribly, horribly wrong. 
it didn't go great. I, I think if this is the direction they're going in, we're in trouble. Uh, or they're in trouble. And uh, it just feels so... Dumb. Like, when I was watching it, I, I mean, I... Opposite from you, I love The Exorcist. I think it's not only one of the best horror movies of all time, one of the best movies in general of all time, just because of the, again, the depth of the writing and how deep they go into it. And I love the fact that in the original, you know, I'm not religious, but I find those fascinating, like how the priest was like wrestling with his faith and like what's real and what he should believe in. And they're really like, tackling other themes rather than just shock factor that this yeah. this uh, little girl is masturbating with a cross. Yeah, and all like, that stuff was more interesting to me than the Linda Blair saying mean things to a priest. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I it's a great movie, but yeah. <clears throat> for those well, reasons. When you add that but, on top of it, it's just insane because it goes from like some introspective type of dialogue to your mother sucks cocks in hell and you're like what the f-? it's like funny in like a i don't know i think it's funny in like a horrifying way like holy fuck yeah and they really built pazuzu up to uh, uh to not be defeated you felt like this girl was so helpless and they had like the the hopelessness of ellen Burstyn like bird like bursting in bursting into tears pun intended <laughs> hey. Uh, hey you know we do puns around here um but like the way she like broke down and like really cared like there was a lot of emotion in it and an exorcist believer again it, just the dialogue was just scratching the surface like they never went deep into anything i don't think david gordon green or scott teams has the emotional capacity to go that deep just judging from you know, Insidious, The Red Door, and Halloween Kills, and Halloween Ends, and they just haven't mm-hmm. proven themselves to be, like, to make a movie interesting and make you care about the characters. At least that's what I see. Like, the dialogue was just, like, so hokey. Yeah. Like, oh, we all gotta get together again, and Pazuzu dies tonight, and everyone's going, over, like, saying random things around and, like, they didn't even, and again, the kids were doing, the kids' performances were cool, but again, they were doing the their best Linda Blair impressions. And they didn't even, like, like, it's a rated R movie, like, nothing was too shocking yeah, but in that movie. If you think of this from a money-making producer standpoint, they're like, hey, this is called The Exorcist. They want to see possessed kids and all that shit. Give, a, give the people what they want. But do it good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. It's kind of a lose-lose situation, like, to take the name of the exorcist. and It was a hard sell, and I don't think they made enough of a valiant effort. And then, this is not to say that, like, David Gordon Green and Scott Teams, they don't love horror movies, and they don't love, like, Halloween and the exorcist, because they obviously do. Mm-hmm. They obviously love it, but again, like you said, it comes down to, I feel like they, they're in way over their heads, and $400 million against, you know, $100 million worldwide now, it's going to be tough to make that back, and, you know, if, if it was a good, if it was a movie that was taken seriously and not just The Exorcist dumbed down, word of mouth would have been better. 
and more people would have seen it and more people would have been excited about it. I don't think the rights to The Exorcist are even close to that. Even with a trilogy, like if this were Shark Tank, I'm sorry, nobody's (laughs) buying that. No way. Mark Cuban, I'm out. Mark Cuban would have said, okay, guys, yeah, it's The Exorcist, but it ain't 1973 anymore, okay? (laughs) Like, Lori Grenier would be like, I can't sell this on QVC. Barbara Corcoran would be trying to fuck everybody. <laughs> Barbara Corcoran would be like, hey, Reagan's looking pretty sexy. Hey, hubba hubba. <laughs> I love Barbara. Yeah. Mr. Wonderful would fuck it. He would take it out in the back of the barn, shoot it in the back of the head. But yeah, it ain't 1973 anymore. Most people aren't that religious. The majority of the people that were saying like oh it's the scariest movie of all time have died okay yeah good you know what good point because that might be a little harsh but for those reasons i'm out sorry i'm not paying for it. <laughs> oh you're still in character as mark yeah. cuban. Oh, sorry okay now i'm done <laughs> shark cuban no one's said that before <laughs> <laughs> but no you're you're right like a lot of that's i feel like the movie got so much hate back in the day because like word of mouth got out and religious people went to go see it. What the, all the hubbub was about. And they were like, yeah, people, holy shit. Yeah. People this born is in, insane. People born in 1920 went to see the exorcist <laughs> yeah. and they were like, what the fuck is this? Oh my God. This is the scariest movie of all time. I, Oh, it's like, but it still holds up. I think it still holds up. I'm not saying it doesn't just for that. I think it has long held that title of scariest movie of all time because of that reputation that it had in 73. But when you watch it now, I just don't see it. Yeah. To a a 60 year old conservative man in 73, that's never even (laughs) considered hearing somebody talk like that, let alone a possessed little girl. yeah, Yeah. I'm sure it was the scariest thing he's ever seen, but not today. And again, not saying the movie's bad. It's a great movie. Well-directed, yeah. well-acted. It deserves to be mentioned in the greatest horror movies of all time. But scary? No. Not for me. I'm curious to know if this, if The Exorcist came out today. Not today, but maybe even like, you know, early 2000s. How it would be perceived after so many movies have came out before that. And then the exorcist comes out like could have been that genre breaking thing. Like, wow, what it's, you know, exorcist was nominated for like best picture. And that's a horror movie. Like that's kind of unheard of. Like silence of the lands was nominated as well, but exorcist, you know, I wonder if it would still be held in the upper echelon that it is. If it came out today, rather than the seventies. Right. Or like, I think it would be. I, th- or, I think it would be because I know has you, that much. I know you don't like this movie, but like if the Blair Witch Project came out today, what kind of impact would it have? Who knows? And I'm not a fan of the Blair Witch Project, but I absolutely acknowledge that it basically it created the found footage genre and everyone is playing on the heels of Blair Witch Project. I mean, the marketing campaign for that movie, I, I still remember to this day I was in my pool, I used to have an above-ground pool uh, in Levittown. Uh, my friend Matt Thomas came over at night. I love we, how specific you get when you tell stories. 
Dude, I came over. Just, I don't know why. Nighttime. I just remember it, dude. Like, <laughs> no. like verbatim. Oh, go ahead. And it was like it. We were like we were all like my sister. We were all like hanging out for like a night swim, and Matt came over and he was like, "I just got back from the Blair Witch Project." Uh, my sister took me, and it was the fucking scariest movie that I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh yeah!" Like like we were. I was so young. Like I was eight or nine, and I just remember seeing and hearing about it even that young. And when a movie has that staying power, like people hold Blair Witch Project up to like, again, people love that movie, including me. I'm not a huge fan of it. Shit. I did. <laughs> huge fan of the Blair Witch. <laughs> it, just, it just slips out now. It's right. I got KY in my mouth. It's just slipping <laughs> and sliding. Huh? Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind that. Uh, I'm just drinking Johnson's baby oil. Uh, not really. Um, but yeah, that movie is a genre-defining thing. Sure. Yeah. Like, you can't mention found footage movies without being compared to Blair Witch Project, because it just did it. And it same with it. possession movies. Absolutely. And, you know, people can try to replicate it, or they could do something new. Yeah. Think of Deborah Logan. I thought, I, I know you're not a big fan of middle-of-the-road James Wan, but The Conjuring, I think, in the past decade... One of the, you know, one of the best possession movies to come out in the late 2000s. Yeah, I would say that. That sure. shit was terrifying. Yeah. Um, Trying to think of other ones, but yeah, there's just, there's not a lot of genre defining movies like The Exorcist that comes out today. Like Terrifier, I think, is extremely that. When they completely I, blew slasher movies out of the water. When I left, when I left the theaters... The other night, after I saw When Evil Lurks, I was like, I remember saying to Ashley, like, now picture the exorcist believer beside this, like, in terms of just originality and everything. It's like, it's, I mean, she didn't like the exorcist either, but it it just feels like such a product like just a corporate shiny yes. fucking yes. it's like a butt rock song that you hear on yes. the radio compared to something yes. with soul it's just void it, of it is it is the hinder of the horror genre <laughs> i will not say nickelback because nickelback is actually a good band i don't give a fuck what anyone says hey i think they get a lot of uh, i mean maybe some deserved hate they're not an amazing band but i mean they're corny <laughs> yeah but they're not the worst band in the world certainly not um, but no, you're absolutely right. When I see the Exodus Believer, it is absolutely just no soul in it. Yeah. It's just sucked of everything that could be good. It's just the empty shell of what could have been or what was in this case, because the Exorcist came out 50 years ago, and this is literally doing the same thing, uh, but very, very watered down. Yeah, but even then, I still say it's not that bad. I mean, it's uh, a. I mean, uh, the dialogue is just so enraging at times. It's like, what? Why are you wrote, writing that down? Yeah, I know. It's certainly not amazing or anything. It's kind of like Jeremy Renner. He's pretty good. <laughs> what? He's he's fine, but he's not. He's not amazing, but he's certainly Where not awful. <laughs> Where did Jeremy Renner come from? I don't know. This movie is the equivalent of Jeremy Renner. He's just 
he's in stuff. <laughs> you know? You know what? And I'm like... <laughs> he makes music I'm, for some reason. <laughs> I am shocked that you... That's just so... Came so out of left field. But I agree with you. Because <laughs> every movie that I see Jeremy Renner in, I'm like, I like this movie. I like Jeremy Renner, but like... He doesn't blow your hair back. It's just Jeremy Renner. Yeah, he's just... He's just and I like guy. I like Jeremy Renner a whole lot. He's got the same haircut every fucking time, no matter what the role is. Again, the same, the fuck, yeah, the fucking the high top fade or whatever. And yeah. I think that's the kind. Of, this might be sacrilegious, but Keanu Reeves rides on personality and charisma alone. Is he the best actor? No. Is he fun to watch? Like Nicolas Cage? Fuck yeah! I'll watch it. I'll watch Point Break right now. Point Break is great. Constantine is great. Just because. He's Keanu Reeves. It's fun to watch him. Yeah. Have you ever heard Jeremy Renner's music? No. Really? No. Oh shit. <laughs> I didn't know he made music. I I just thought I I've only I've seen a couple movies with him in it. I mean, obviously the Avengers movies, Hurt Locker, Arrival, uh Maybe something else I don't remember. Uh yeah, is, is it that bad? <laughs> I, I mean, it's just it, just like him. It's just there. It's like <laughs> this is music. It's it's not it's not awful. It's certainly not good. Is it worse than uh, Steven Seagal's music? Oh, it's much better than that. Okay, I mean, it's essentially what about like, Joe Pesci. It's essentially Jeep Cherokee commercial rock. Like, oh uh, hey, yeah, I already know what you're talking about. It's like <laughs> off roading four by four. <laughs> Oh shit! I'm gonna play a little bit. For I was you. gonna say, are you pulling it up? I am. <laughs> All right, this is the listening segment of the episode. We got from Halloween by being bought by Miramax, Exorcist Believer, and the music of Jeremy Renner. All right, here we go. Hang on, let me pull it up. You get the idea. Stop, stop, clap. Rock. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Up next on Z100. That's what it sounds like. That should have been featured in The Exorcist. When the priest walks in at the end, it's like. Oh, my God. The Catholic priest is here. By God. <laughs> He's got a foreign object. Captain Generic is here. At the table's under the apron. Hey, that, that neck break was pretty cool, though. I did like that. I mean, we've seen it before, but yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. <laughs> Everything that happened, I was just like, okay, it's anything going to happen that's like good. And it never did. It was better than I was expecting it to be. And um, I don't know. That's about all I can say about it. I mean, I, I think it would have been better if it was that laughable shit show because it's just flatline it's just eh see when i was sitting in the theater i was like god damn it i was really hoping this was going to be like laugh out loud holy shit this is awful because i knew you were gonna hate it regardless of what it was no i would <laughs> if it was good i would have liked it believe yeah, me right. i would have been the first to text you like holy fuck this movie's actually good i was i don't want to hate a movie i want to like it but i was like god this is just not this is just bad. It's just bad. And it's just bo- like 
boring. You never want your movie to be described as boring. And there was just nothing. This movie was unnecessary. It added nothing to the exorcist lore or anything exorcist related besides Helen Burstyn being shoved in there. That was it. Yeah. I mean, it, it definitely felt pointless. It adds nothing. But at the same time, what else is there to do with a religious possession movie? It's all been done. That hasn't been done already. Yeah. You know, another another great, I know you're not a big fan of this movie. You're not a big fan of The Omen, right? The original I Omen? I thought it was okay. Yeah, I, I fucking love that movie. Mm. Because it's just, I just, I don't know. For some reason, I find religious horror interesting. And like them believing that there's good in the world. And sometimes you just can't stop evil. <laughs> and it's an interesting push and pull dynamic. But this just... There was no sense of hopelessness. There was no sense of stakes. Like, everything got defeated and handled so quickly that it was just like, oh, you never really felt, uh, like, sadness for the kids, really, or the dad. I wonder why they excluded some religions. Like, bring Scientology in, you know? <laughs> get, get Tom Cruise up in there. <laughs> Tom Cruise would dance on top of their foreheads and been like, they're cured! <laughs> Sir, you can't go in there. It's okay. I'm a Scientologist. We got to test. <laughs> I was in Mission Impossible 1 through 8. We got to test his Thetan levels. <laughs> <laughs> no, br- bring in the child slaves. Oh, shit. Let's get them out of there. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's Catholicism. What are you talking about? Oh, that's right. Oh. Sorry. That might be all religions. <laughs> <clears throat> to some degree, yes. This episode's getting yeah. really dark. <laughs> Little, yeah, holy shit. <laughs> Well, more darker than the uh, darker than the Exorcist believer, I'll tell you that. Well, Doug, I feel like we covered this movie as best as we could. Yeah, yeah. We talked about we Halloween. We talked about Jeremy Renner. So, what are we gonna do next, Doug? It's uh, hey, you got any big take over the world? What take over the world? Um, do you have any big Halloween plans? Uh, so we've been trying to look for a movie. Uh, to go see on Halloween night. Uh, a lot of good places are playing great movies and they're all sold out. Um, the Alamos playing season of the witch sold out. Yeah. Uh, they're showing Nighthawk is doing, they're showing it there. Yeah. I think it's sold out though. Or let it, me check. I didn't even hear about it. Uh, there's a couple other theaters playing. Uh, there was Nighthawk cinema in Brooklyn playing evil dead. That's sold out. Uh, the cinema arts over here. Uh, it's playing the original wicker man. Uh, so we might do that. Um, and then, yeah, going to a movie theater in costume is the goal. I would like to go to the city because the city during Halloween is the most fun. Seeing all the all the people dressed up in costumes and whatnot. Hey, there's still some front row seats for Halloween 3 at the Alamo. I might go. 9.30 Halloween night. Yeah, hit it up. Hey. what Do you have any solid plans or no? You're just still feeling it out. I can't believe it's like a week away. I know, man. October. And your birthday's in two days? Yep. What the fuck's going on, daddy-o? Can't believe it. I'm going to be 24 years old. It's crazy. You look really, really good for 24. (laughs) Nope. I will be 36. (laughs) Hot diggity damn. Mm. Not sure how I feel about that, but I guess you can't. Closer to 40. Yep. (laughs) I'm on the back half of 30. (laughs) Feels great. It's very, it's very strange to think about like when you're like a teenager and you hear people hanging out with like 20 something year olds 
and you get a w- little weirded out and you think that's so old and then when you hit that age you're like oh this is not that bad and then now like i'm 33 you're 35 and like high school is way behind us yeah and like even 10 years ago like 24 like and now we're like old fucks older than that <laughs> look at him he's old (laughs) (laughs) old. (laughs) loose skin and old balls (laughs) and happy gilmore he's like look at her she's old oh oh, i was thinking of big daddy jesus christ but i yeah it's loose skin and old balls (laughs) Ugh. what are you are you and ashley doing anything for your birthday Going out to dinner. Um, yeah, I might go getting some Indian food. Might go get some. Nah, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Indian food don't get along so well. It is very tasty, but yeah, but you love it when it goes down. I have to get some of that Halloween Miralax. <laughs> <laughs> it's called candy corn. <laughs> Dude, candy corn is fucking gross. It's like eating crayons. I kind of like. Well, okay, this is gonna sound weird. But crayons smell like they would taste good. Yeah, I could see that. You know? Sure. I, I like, like, candy corn. I kind of just, like, sucking on it and then spitting it out. <laughs> I, don't, I don't swallow it. That's also going to sound bad. <laughs> yeah, and I just like sucking on it, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't swallow it. Like, though. the taste of it is good. <laughs> <laughs> but ingesting it in my system, uh, no, nah, I don't like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, <laughs> okie dokie. <Okey> dokie. <laughs> I guess we should wrap this up. <laughs> oh, this was good. <laughs> yeah, this was good. And thank you so much for being so cool about me saying, hey, uh, the whole episode is lost. You're like, oh, it's okay. We'll do it again. Dude, I don't give a shit. We got we got to put the content out there. So whatever we got to do, we're doing it. If this doesn't turn out right for some reason, we are not doing this episode. <laughs> I'm like, sorry. Uh, it has to. Yeah. It sounds good on my end. <laughs> no, I think we got this one right. And then, um, yeah, I uh, I don't know if we're doing any more. Well, we were thinking about doing some like Halloween related material. Uh, doing some like Halloween six curse of Michael Myers stuff. Halloween four through six cover the Halloween four through six. That little, yeah. Uh, (laughs) definitely, definitely going to be doing that. Um, Phil, I keep on telling Phil to see fall of the house of Usher. We're going to definitely review when evil lurks when I see it. Uh, yes, I watched totally killer. Not even going to bother. Uh, Trying to think what else. Oh, you know what I'm going to see next week, which I feel like we need to do something with. Just a little quick review. I'm kind of excited about it. I don't know why. Five Nights at Freddy's. It just looks stupid. Yeah. And like, I like judging from the tone of the trailer, they're not taking it seriously. Yeah, I do want to watch it that. It just looks like fun. Yeah. And uh, so I think it'll be just a dumb, fun Halloween watch. You know, Matthew Lillard um, is always great to see. Yeah, Josh Hutcherson is good. I mean, you still need to see Willy's Wonderland, which is Nicolas Cage's version of that movie, I uh, think. Which, you didn't see that, right? No. Okay. It's worth a watch. But, uh, I don't know, this looks cool. Looks alright. Yeah, I definitely want to watch that, so we can talk about it at some point. But definitely, when Evil Lurks, we will discuss at some point. I'm very excited for you to watch that. I'm pumped. I keep I keep hearing about it. Dude, there's 
no spoilers, but there is a scene in that movie that is just a masterclass of tension and dread. And I was just like, this needs to end. I am so fucking like just my heart was racing. Oh, okay. And it's a Spanish uh, film, Mm -hmm. right? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'm going to shut all my lights off. Going to do it like Skinamarink style. And I bought a ticket for the whole seat, that. but I only needed the edge. Yeah. Monster trucks. Okay, well, we are going to get on out of here, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your patience. We were supposed to have this up last week, but hey, it's here now. Thanks for listening. We love you very much. Doug, I love you the most. I love you and I love (laughs) y'all. All right. We will catch you guys on the next one.